20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Trevor Jossert, Steve Perhatch, I'm Josh Zirkel. Thanks for making us part of your Packers Day, as it were. Guys, how are we doing today? Uh, I think sigh of relief is kind of the best thing that I can say right now. I went through the whole scale of emotions of, (laughs) you know, denial, drinking. I think that's part of, you know, yeah, drinking is part of it. And then, hallelujah, Jesus is back in town. And, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers won the game. Trevor, did Uh, did you watch the whole thing? I did watch the whole thing, and this is actually a non-related. This is our first time recording that all three of us are in a different state. I am now moved to Wichita, Kansas. Wichita, oh, you're uh, there. So, so here we here we go, all a, over the country representing. Green Bay Packers are a national brand, and that this is this is living proof of that. I have a confession. America's of, team. America's team. That's right. <laughs> this is America's team. I have a confession to make, and and I welcome whatever scorn you decide to heap upon me. I shut the game off at the end of the third quarter. I turned it off. Oh. I did. I had. So I'm in the garage. Like I taped the show in the garage. This is like my office now because we, you know, who parks a car in the garage? Honestly. So I have a 10 foot by 10 foot tarp. It's a white tarp that I hung up in the garage, and now I like I project NFL Sunday ticket on it. So like the games are like, you know, it's like a giant TV basically. Amazing. So my retinas were about to burn out after about six hours of that. <laughs> And then I went in to watch Sunday night game because the wife wanted to watch it. And for some reason, we can't get broadcast in, in, in the garage. That's the story for another time. So we get in there, and it's like three quarters in, and I'm just like, I can't take it anymore. I, w- I would have gone blind had I finished that game. Uh, but I think it would have been worth it after uh, the comeback that Aaron Rodgers put together. So I welcome whatever scoring you heap upon me because I deserve it, quite frankly. You know, normally I would because, I mean, you. It just I feel bad for you that you missed such an amazing comeback and – you know, when you get older and you're a dad, you need your sleep. I, yeah. I, I respect that. <laughs> Trev, do I get dad respect from you? Oh, child. Absolutely. Um, and I just watched, I watched majority of it too, because, uh, and I hope she's going to listen to this, but my girlfriend is a bears fan. So uh-huh. I got to watch her reactions throughout the whole game from oh. hell. Yeah. Let's go to, he did it again. And he <laughs> as in Aaron Rodgers. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I did get. I had some amazing text chains from my friends uh, that live in Chicago of how, like how bad do you feel, how bad do you feel, and I'm like, and then I started just messing with them. I'm like, hey, it's happening, it's all happening, and I actually called. I said it was going to be twenty four twenty when they were when they were losing twenty to three. I was like, no, this is happening. Yeah, just kind of joking, and then oh, and then it happened. So that it is was a good day. It was it was a good day for. Not only, I guess, the Packers, but, you know, the Bears. Apparently, there was no seller's remorse based on John Gruden's comments, uh, you know, the day after the game. But the Bears looked really good, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Trubisky certainly has a long way to go before he's uh, in that realm of prominence, certainly with uh, Aaron Rodgers and maybe even Kirk Cousins. We looked at what uh, Cousins did in week one. You know, I think that there was a lot to expect of him. I think he met and maybe exceeded expectations uh, in his week one performance. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, it was unbelievably impressive. He, it's kind of amazing what happens when you put a really good quarterback and surround him with a lot of weapons. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, he, he did everything he's, they wanted him to do making the throws, 
you know, handing the ball off to Dalvin Cook. Like their their rush game wasn't amazing, I don't think, but no. I mean, Diggs was making catches, Thielen was making catches, Rudolph was making catches. Cousins in particular kind of silenced some of the critics and most of those critics came from rivals around the division. You know, they're paying them too much. He's not as good as he's worth kind of thing. Um, and like you said, Steve, he's just he's just a good quarterback, and now he's got some talent to showcase it, and um, that just makes that team all around that much better. Um, but going back to the Packers-Berries game, just a little bit before we move on, yep. um, and I want to hear your thoughts if you agree or disagree. As much as Aaron Rodgers, I know he threw for 200-some yards in the, in the second half alone, but as much as he won that game, I think the Bears shot themselves in the foot multiple times. I don't know about you guys, but I thought that third and one before they kicked the field goal to make it 23-17. Yeah. Um, Jordan Howard ran 12 yards on the play prior to that. He was making people look silly. People are trying to arm tackle him. Um, why not go back to him and try to seal the game right there? You know who you're going against in Aaron Rodgers. You know the type of um, ability he has for the dramatic and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Just go for it. What do you got to lose? You're not even expected to be this far. And then, of course, Kyle Fuller dropping the – interception from Rodgers right to his chest um <laughs> as much as the bears did look good they they really messed up there did not it have a killer instinct yeah well they didn't have the killer instinct and it's a young team young quarterback there's a bunch of gory ways to put it but you got to be able to put the team away at the end of the day and and they weren't able to do that fortunately and, and you're going to pay when Aaron Rodgers is on the other sideline that's what happened yeah i think the one thing that kind of is going overlooked everybody's killing Kyle Fuller that ball is actually tipped like you watch it. I think it went off oh, of Max's hand. Was it? Um, watch it again. Like it's subtle, but it was. It kind of redirects it just ever so slightly, and I think huh. it was enough to uh, take a look. So, but yeah, I mean, for me, it was the Bears changing their play calling. But when when you have Matt Nagy, that guy, he's he's an offensive guru. He's third and one. Nobody throws it. Any, no, nobody runs it anymore. It's you know, it's a passing league. They're going for the. I, I thought I saw it as them going for the kill. They wanted a touchdown. They wanted to put the Packers away. Yep. They didn't want to give Aaron Rodgers a shot. And so I think they were going for the home run ball, going for all of it, which you respect, but then it came back and bit him in the butt. I feel like if you go for if you if you throw the ball on third and one, that's kind of like, okay, we're gonna go for it regardless on fourth down. So then they throw it, they're they're aggressive, and then they come back and make the conservative play to um to kick the field goal. And I don't know if this is just a conspiracy of mine or not, but <laughs> being up three is a lot better on defensive than being up six. I mean, it's not a good thing, but you know, maybe the Packers played a little bit more safe when they're down three, even if you don't get that, that first down on fourth and one. Um, I think the reward is a lot better than the risk. And I, I will just hold this to it that the bears messed up greatly there to put them away. Steve, you mentioned the word guru when you were talking about um, Matt Nagy, there's another, there's another guru in town. Uh, that is in the NFC North, Matt Patricia, uh, an auspicious debut, <laughs> you might say. The, the, the ink's not even dry on this thing yet, but just get destroyed, destroyed by Sam Babyface Darnold, uh, Todd Bowles, and Gang White, if you will, uh, the New York Jets coming into Ford Field and laying the smackdown. Guys, I did not see that coming. I thought the Jets were going to be good. On defense, I did not think Matt Stafford would be so benevolent with the football. I thought he would throw interceptions maybe in the single digits, certainly not the double digits. But that team looks like they have a, a, a lot of work ahead of them. Uh, and the apple, you might say, fell quite far uh, for the Belichick coaching tree. Steve, what did you think of that game? 
I mean, it's it's pretty shocking because you you fully expected. I mean, we we were you were talking about how you thought the Lions were going to be the the leaders yeah, of the pack of the I NFC did. North, and I mean to be this far off. Granted, Week One, you still have plenty of time to figure all these things out. I didn't get to watch the game, um, but I mean, there's pick sixes, there's punt returns for touchdowns, there's it's all these bad. things that it's just. It's a sloppy team at the, like this from the the sound of it. So week one, I'm not going to read too much into it just yet, but it's not what you want to start week one. Uh, I was I watched a little bit of the game, and it was funny. The broadcast was talking about how Jim Bob Cooter was the only offensive coordinator to be retained um, from a new head coach this year all around the league. Yep. And the reason they did that was because of him and the connection he had with Stafford. And I do follow a couple of Lions fans. I got Lions friends um, or friends who are Lions fans on Twitter. And they were saying the complete opposite. They are not pleased with this play calling. They do not think they mesh well. Um, And that is just, I don't know. I know it's week one, but it is the Jets. And Josh, you mentioned that you think the Jets will be somewhat good. I don't know what I think of them. I really like that secondary they have. I think Jamal Adams is a star in the making. Um, They got uh, that signing Tremaine. They were just all over the place tonight. Um, they ate up the run. Um, they didn't let any of the running backs get downfield. Um, Stafford looked flustered all night. So I, I know maybe we're underselling the Jets a little bit, but I don't know. I don't think it's time to panic. But, man, these are the games in a tough schedule for all the NFC North teams that you need to win. A home game against a team that's not projected to be over 500 this year, I think this loss is going to come back to haunt them. Yeah, it's it was it, like it's a perfect week one game. Like you know, some of the games are just like wow, you know that was going to happen. Okay, Pittsburgh and Cleveland tie because it's they playing a monsoon. Fine, but then like you've got a game like Tampa Bay beating New Orleans at New Orleans. You're like, well, how the hell did that happen? And, and this game's kind of like that too, where it's just like, I need to see another week. Is the Jets front four this good? Is the Detroit line this bad? You know, the play calling was bad. It got worse in the second half, I thought, too, because they kept Stafford in after he uh, got kicked in the, knee, in the knee in the first half. But they kept him in. But instead of trying to take shots down the field, they're just dinking and dunking. Like, I don't know if they're trying to get him in a rhythm for for next week or if they thought they could sneak back into the game or, or they didn't want to play Matt Castle, which is certainly understandable. But at that point, it's like, make up your mind. Whereas the Jets, like... Sam Darnold looked awesome. I mean, just ridiculous. Throwing on the run. His receivers made great catches. Uh, Crowell came over from Cleveland. He looked fantastic. Well, that helps when nobody's trying to tackle you. Uh, so I don't know what to make of Detroit at this uh, at this point uh, because they, they just look so bad. You're like, they can't be that bad. It was like the Saints defense last year where they gave up like 1,000 yards in the first two weeks of the season. And you're just like, they can't be that bad. But going a little farther uh, down the NFC North, or up the NFC North, I guess. The Vikings, I think, looked pretty good uh, against a San Francisco team that we all thought, uh, maybe most of us thought, had turned the corner. Garoppolo didn't look great. Cousins, I thought, was very good, but not great. Uh, Steve mentioned a little bit about how everybody contributed. You know, 244 yards, uh, two touchdowns. What is the biggest thing, Steve, I'll start with you. What's the biggest thing you were looking out for uh, with this Vikings team? Is it Cousins? Is it the the secondary, which is probably the best in the league? Uh, the front four, Danielle Hunter, what is it? I mean, honestly, I, I, 
kind of annoying that I'll say this, but it's a combination of all the defense. Oh, that is annoying. <laughs> and I, I know, but it's, it's what's on my mind because I was watching highlights of the game. Yeah. You can't pick out one thing. They've got the front. They've got the linebackers. They've got the secondary. I mean, the secondary picked off Jimmy Garoppolo three times. I know one of them was late in the game when he made a bad throw. Yep. Still, they picked him off three times, and they weren't easy picks. I mean, they they had to make some good catches on him. They're deep. They're bringing huge blitzes. It's a scary defense, and you saw early on in the Packer game that they had issues when they have a strong front seven. Yep. And Zimmer knows how to bring the heat on Aaron Rodgers. He plays him very coaches up a great scheme every time they play. So it's, um, I mean, you saw improvement in the second half from the offensive line. Hopefully that continues on, but it's perplexing. I will say. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking kind of to steal your thunder a bit. I'm looking at the offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. I just remember the first half of that Packers Barry's game, Cleo Mack owned them the whole defense front seven owned them i remember that i think it was the first play of the game where rogers fumbled the ball and they recovered it you could just look rogers had no idea where to go he, they, right. he snapped the ball and the the defense was there on him um but i thought that and i don't think they get enough credit i thought they made a tremendous adjustment in the second half um allowing rogers to do what aaron Rodgers does um so i i just want to see the offensive line keep improving keep getting that you know chemistry together because they got another test this weekend with Minnesota. We all know how good they are. And they went from the first half looking like they could have used another preseason game to steal your words, Josh, to looking like, you know, they, they belong and they're, they just, I just think they did a great job. So I really like to see that continue. Yeah, I would as well. And I should point out that we're, we're taping this a little earlier in the week. So we're not exactly sure if Aaron Rodgers is going to be available in this game Uh, at this recording. It sounds like uh, McCarthy and the Packers are still collecting information, uh, to use Coach McCarthy's words, uh, on the extent of the injury. So we are not clear that Aaron Rodgers is going to be starting uh, against the Vikings, but uh, it's very clear that whether it is Rodgers or Deshaun Kaiser, that guy might be running for his life a little bit. Uh, Sheldon and Linval, this is from uh, Arif Hassan uh, on Twitter, at Harif Hassan, talking about... uh, the defensive tackles for the Vikings graded second and third on pro football focus for all of week one. And, uh, you know, you're talking about Daniel Hunter, uh, who just re-signed Everson Griffin, uh, an unsung hero. If, if there is such a thing on that defense, that is a scary front four. And I think they're going to be at least as good as, uh, the bears were with Khalil Mack. I, I just think that's going to be, uh, a daunting task, uh, and we're excited to see uh, what the Packers intend to do and, and how they intend to address that uh, going forward over the course of the week. Guys, we're about out of time. Do we want to chime in with anything else? Any any lasting thoughts? Any any bold predictions, perhaps? I want to go around the room, the virtual room, so to speak. I want to hear one, one player from the Packers in week one that stood out to you that you were surprised with, or not really surprised with, or that you were impressed with. And... I just want to point out um, what a game Randall Cobb had. Um, I had friends text me saying, who should I start between so-and-so, so-and-so, and and Randall Cobb? And I said, anybody but Cobb. I did not think he would have the greatest game. Um, And I completely admit I was wrong on that. He looked great out there. Rodgers and him had that connection like they always do. He trusted him. Um, I mean, 142 yards and, of course, that big touchdown. Um, 
Randall, I doubt you're listening, but I am sorry that I doubted you. I we'll did get start, him there. He'll, I did start Randall Cobb, by the way, and I, I was very happy to have done that. I did start Randall Cobb, and he. Um, <laughs> I think I'm only losing by 40 now instead of 60. So, <laughs> so you thank go. you, Randall Cobb. Steve, uh, for me, as far as being impressed, it was the other side of the wide receivers with Geronimo Allison mm-hmm. coming up big. I mean, he was a big question mark. Everybody said he was ready. They talked the big game, but when you can actually produce and produce in a big way with that huge catch in the end zone, I mean, I know Rodgers dropped it on a dime right in his basket, but he still caught the ball fuller all over him, got feet in, like everything just did exactly what he needed to do. So that was really, really impressive. And then on the complete complete flip side, unimpressed with Clay Matthews. Yeah. My God, that was understandably graded, it was graded out by Pro Football as the lowest outside linebacker in week one. And F it, minus. It, it showed. I mean, wow. he was missing tackles. He was over pursuing oh, just all the time just bad man it just you sat there and you said who is this this is not the guy that we used to know as the Packers best outside linebacker right. I mean I honestly think it, at some point if you move him back to the middle a little bit you can have Reggie Gilbert and Nick Perry running on the outside it was that bad yeah it was uh I hope that uh that improves as the season goes on quite frankly um uh, I'm gonna pick a guy here and bizarre to pick him since I was happy to see him go off the field. But when Deshaun Kaiser got in there, you know, I felt like uh, we weren't dealing with the Brett Hundley of, of yesteryear. This is a guy I felt like that if he is called upon, can make a few plays, can keep his team in games. He he did, was not spectacular on the line. It was, it was four of seven uh, and, and did throw a pick. Let's, let's uh, not exclude that. But uh, showed enough flair, I thought, that uh, – the Packers will not be in, in so dire straits in the event uh, that Aaron Rodgers isn't able to play, and maybe that means like four and twelve instead of three and thirteen. I, I don't know, <laughs> but um, but I thought Devontae Adams had a nice game also. But Deshaun Kaiser, some rays of light a little bit. I mean, although not a great necessarily uh, productive performance. Yeah, I'm with you there on Kaiser. Just real quick, I think um, when he came in, it was crucial for him to make a couple plays and not go three and out and not get the defense back on the field. And I believe that first drive did end in an interception, but I mean, he moved the ball down changed field position again. So um, I think we do have an upgrade with Kaiser as our backup. And I wouldn't say not to be worried if Rogers can't go, but there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. That's about, that's a better way to put it. All right. We are at a show guys. Want to thank you for tuning in for, the Pack-A-Day podcast, once again, we will have a new show for you tomorrow. And by we, I mean someone else. We, Trevor, Steve, and I will actually be back on in two weeks, and you can listen to us again there. Uh, until then, we will see you on the Internet. Thanks again for listening to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over and gets the snap. Back pedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Starks to his left. Now he moves Starks to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up. Rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's hot. What did it caught? It is caught for a touchdown. One kick away from the NFC Championship.
championship game from the 41. Left hash mark. 51 yards. Field goal attempt. Snap. Placement. Kick to the upright. Green Bay Packers.